0: Hey everybody, Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the brand new authorization by the FDA to use the mRNA vaccines, the COVID-19 vaccines made by Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna, to use in children and babies as young as six months of age. There are so many reasons for controversy with the FDA's latest decision to authorize emergency use of these COVID-19 vaccines in babies as young as six months of age. Because it's emergency use, it means that these drug companies are not held liable for things that could go wrong and side effects with the vaccines in these children. And we already know from scientific study that it will be years before we understand the full side effect profile of these relatively brand new vaccines, let alone what they could do in babies and children. Another point of controversy is the fact that most children and babies have a statistically zero chance of serious illness or adverse events from COVID itself. So to give them an experimental vaccine that hasn't gone through the normal approval process and testing without knowing the impact years down the road, that's controversial. And then as you may know, there are now many studies and little disagreement on this that show those who have been vaccinated are at most risk for getting COVID. Now, there are all kinds of reasons why that could be. Some scientists who defend the vaccine explains, well, maybe People who are vaccinated feel more comfortable being out and then are more likely to catch COVID because they felt more protected. But there is also a significant body of scientific thought that believes something about getting this vaccine that is so ineffective that you have to keep having boosters that something about that can make you more susceptible to getting sick from COVID and perhaps other things too. But before we talk more about what some members of congress are trying to do about all of this let's hear a little bit of the fda side of the story you can find it yourself by going to fda.gov and look under the latest news release about authorization of moderna and pfizer biointech COVID 19 vaccines for children down to six months of age it's kind of weird wording down to six months of age But you could find that release probably by simply searching. I have better luck searching in a general search engine rather than going on the FDA page. So if you search in a general search engine for FDA and coronavirus, FDA authorizes Moderna. Those key phrases should bring you to the latest information the FDA has. I'll synopsize a little bit of what they've published. The FDA has authorized emergency use of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine and the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, those are the so-called mRNA vaccines, for the prevention of COVID-19, even though this is my comment, we now know it doesn't prevent COVID-19 in most people, but anyway, authorizing its emergency use for prevention to include use in children down to six months of age. It says for Moderna, the FDA amended the emergency use authorization which allows it to bypass certain normal processes, to include use of the vaccine in individuals six months through 17 years of age. For Pfizer, it's six months through four years of age. Well, the only difference is Pfizer's had already been authorized for younger people. The FDA's evaluation and analysis, says the FDA, of the safety, effectiveness, and manufacturing data of these vaccines was rigorous and comprehensive supporting the emergency use authorizations. The FDA says, the agency determined that the known and potential benefits of the Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccines outweigh the known and potential risks in the pediatric populations authorized for use for each vaccine. Now, as an aside, Many scientists disagree with that. They believe the known risks of these vaccines far outweigh the proven and potential benefits in the young population, particularly which suffers virtually no serious illness from COVID-19. The FDA also says prior to making the decision to authorize these vaccines for the respective pediatric populations, for young people and babies, The FDA's independent Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee was consulted and voted in support of the authorizations. So here's a quote from the FDA Commissioner Many parents, caregivers, and clinicians have been waiting for a vaccine for younger children, and this action will help protect those down to six months of age. As we have seen with older age groups, we expect that the vaccines for younger children. Will provide protection from the most severe outcomes of COVID-19 such as hospitalization and death which is odd this is me commenting again based on what we know there are almost no hospitalizations or deaths statistically zero for young children down to six months of age so I'm not sure how giving them an experimental vaccine that does have side effects stands to potentially improve the outcome for this population but FDA Commissioner Dr. Robert Califf goes on to say, those trusted with the care of children can have confidence in the safety and effectiveness of these COVID-19 vaccines and can be assured that the agency was thorough in its evaluation of the data. Once again, there's very limited data, not only on the longevity of what happens with these vaccines, but certainly in babies and young children. Back to the FDA. The Moderna COVID-19 vaccine says the FDA is administered as a primary series of two doses one month apart. Remember, they've adjusted that because they they decided that they were wrong in the first gap that they uh, recommended for the doses of the two-dose vaccine regimen. The vaccine is also authorized to provide a third primary series dose at least one month following the second dose. So now we're talking about three for individuals in this gray age group who have been determined to have certain kinds of immunocompromise. Now, me as an aside again, in some respects, it scientifically makes perfect sense to say those who are immunocompromised really are the highest priority for getting vaccinated because they could get very sick with COVID. But what they don't tell you, although scientists know this, the other half of that equation is the immunocompromised are sometimes the one who are at highest risk of side effects from the vaccine as well. So it's unclear what the benefit versus risk ratio is for that. Information about each vaccine says FDA is available in the fact sheets for healthcare providers administering vaccine and fact sheets for recipients and caregivers. Last quote from the FDA defending this decision. As with all vaccines for any population when authorizing COVID-19 vaccines intended for pediatric age groups, The FDA ensures that our evaluation and analysis of the data is rigorous and thorough. That's according to Peter Marks, MD, PhD, director of the FDA Center for Biologics, Evaluation, and Research. He goes on to say, In addition to making certain the data for these vaccines met FDA's rigorous standards, the agency's convening of an advisory committee was part of a transparent process to help the public have a clear understanding of the safety and effectiveness data supporting the authorization of these two vaccines for pediatric populations. One final note of controversy surrounds the question of, is there really an emergency anymore? Is there an emergency that justifies an emergency use authorization, sort of a shortcut of the process to get this vaccine in the bodies of children? There is no reliable account or even claim of many children getting sick and dying across the country or across the world from COVID-19. In fact, scientists have long said and the CD had said from the start that children seem to be well protected from severe illness and that death is extremely rare and that when that happens usually if there's a death following COVID-19 the child has had many other serious health issues that contributed to that. But let's get more on the questions about safety concerns from congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas. There are several members of Congress who are paying close attention to this. And as you'll hear in our conversation, both Democrats and Republicans, in my view, are very challenged ethically on this issue and on the issue of vaccines and medicine oversight for reasons that we'll talk about. But here's my interview with Congressman Gohmert. Can you start by giving me a little background about how you got interested in the issue? of COVID vaccine for small children?
1: Well, it's a matter of being interested in uh, <laughs> people dying and from, from COVID. I mean, it, everybody's been interested. It's, there's no area it hadn't affected. So that, and then as the vaccine became available, it was so fast, uh, and then seeing that it did not go through the normal uh, testing process, that caused concern. And so, I mean, it's, it's sure it's part of my job. Uh, so know.
0: what do you think there is to be concerned about when it comes to the vaccine, which now has been out for a couple of years? What is your concern about administering it to young, young children now?
1: well, there's so much we don't know. And now uh, we know so much more that we don't know. And the testing was not done as it should have been. And uh, then you find out things like uh, that, uh, well, just this article in May about uh, Iceland, for example, nobody is more vaccinated against COVID than Iceland, and the Icelanders, they had a very slight effect from COVID, but then, and and let's see, they had about 2,000 people that tragically were killed by COVID, but three-fourths of the Iceland deaths came in the past few months after every single vulnerable person had gotten three shots. So it appears that it made them more vulnerable. And this is something that has arisen that, although it may help with the original COVID-19 virus, that the more boosters you have, the less able you are to fight off other variants. And again, we go back to things, more things we don't know, and then you find out actually, um, this was from May as well that COVID nineteen can trigger trigger acute hepatitis. That was a report, and with children, uh, as Ron Johnson pointed out, uh, from it came from Peter Marks with FDA, and it, that vaccinated kids have five times more likelihood to have myocarditis. Uh, we're playing just cavalierly with the future of these children. And it it comes at a time we also know 70% of the children are already seropositive. So you know they're they're good. They they should not need the vaccination. And it really comes back more and more to the question of, uh, gee, is this being done uh, for the sake of billions of dollars to the pharmaceuticals, which may include uh, lots of money going to FDA officials? We don't know that as Fauci refused to answer and said, hey, it's not required by the regulations. We don't have to report you know, the, the stocks we have. Uh, and we know there's been wrongdoing by people uh, with the FDA before this is not new so all of that to say we're dangerously playing with the future of our children and it's it's uh, as i brought up with the FDA when we were uh, having the hearing yesterday and they allowed me to testify and ask questions i said if we're not going to be able to have more answers then perhaps a remedy would be to have a bill that says even with emergency use authorization, which normally provides complete blanket uh, immunity from lawsuits. So uh, perhaps we need a bill that that does allow civil and criminal liability for anybody, if the pharmaceuticals, if the FDA, if they're complicit. Uh, so that uh, maybe they'll be more careful when they know the risks are not 100% on the children, but they have some uh, a pucker factor themselves. I, I think that would get their attention, but obviously it hasn't uh, so far because they have approved the vaccines for five and under.
0: You said a moment ago, I think, hepatitis is, people are at increased risk of hepatitis after COVID, I think you meant COVID vaccine. And we- Yes, I,
1: yes. yes. Um, and
0: You know, there are all kinds yeah, of disorders yeah. being reported after COVID vaccination. Um, many yeah. scientists believe like with a lot of medicine reports, even though these potential adverse events are required to be reported to a database, we have a lot of evidence that many doctors are not reporting them. Patients are allowed to report them too. You can go online to VAERS, the VAERS database system and report anything that happens after a vaccination so that it can be looked at as a potential adverse event. But we know that doctors on the front end are doing something in some instances they're not supposed to do, they're ruling it out. They're saying, this couldn't be an adverse event, I'm not going to report it. That's not how the system works. It's supposed to encompass and capture everything so that patterns can be, can be discovered. Can you explain for people who are not following this issue as closely as you are, why would it be that the people we count on, such as the FDA and CDC to look out for our best interests might not be in your estimation, why would why would that be the case.
1: Well, it happens when government and private enterprise become too close. Uh, And I was aware of situations over years ago when. Uh, There was uh, something would have been immensely helpful for diabetics, and there was a uh, a person at the FDA that uh, shorted the stock, knowing that they were going to approve and then disapprove. Uh, When you're in a position of power, as the FDA is, and you're willing to be dishonest, you can make an awful lot of money. And I I was shocked, I did not realize that the FDA did not have to report uh, income from the pharmaceuticals. And we've known that that close chummy relationship existed. We've seen it with Fauci. And in fact, Fauci holds the purse strings to billions and billions and billions of dollars. And the pharmaceuticals know if they make him mad, then they're going to be in, pro- in trouble. And universities know if they make Fauci mad, the research money is not going to be coming. And also, uh, we just don't know how much money uh, Fauci has made off the pharmaceutical industry and being such a, an important gatekeeper. Uh, so these are things that really need to be investigated. He doesn't give answers, he changes his answers. Uh, and it would be difficult to to convict him of lying to congress because you get the impression uh he doesn't know what he's talking about sometimes he, he, he one th- time he will answer a question one way another time he will answer another and he seems most sincere both ways but these are things that need to be investigated let me also plant a seed cheryl um normally, even when there is a blanket immunity the way that uh, emergency youth, uh, use authorization provides to the pharmaceuticals, normally that does not extend to fraud. And so we're finding out things that the pharmaceuticals, uh, they know, and they continue to push these things out there. And And uh, I'm sure you saw that uh, a head of a pharmaceutical in Europe was caught and arrested for having a, a vaccination passport that was fraudulent. Uh, he had not had the vaccination. Gee, uh, he apparently knew some things that the rest of the general public don't, but he cared enough to avoid the vaccine that he got a fraudulent vaccine passport. I mean, there's just so much that needs to be determined and we don't have enough people in Congress that are really curious about it. You know, Obviously, Rand is, and, and I know Ted is, uh, we've talked about it, and Ron Johnson, God bless him, they're going after these things. But I'm, I'm thinking that uh, we need to be looking at potential fraud in some of these things. There is just too much damage being done. And let me give you a, a personal example. Uh, someone who was working with uh, for me in recent months, Uh, a cousin in West Virginia uh, had a husband that got the vaccination and he immediately filled up with blood clots and died. So his doctor said the cause of death was the vaccination. He was told by the county health official that if he didn't the doctor, if the doctor did not change the cause of death away from the vaccination, that the death certificate would not be certified. Well, anybody that's lost a loved one and, and knows about death certificates knows you can't move forward until you have that death certificate. And so she initially, the widow initially wanted to fight it, but then realized this could take months or years and I could lose. And in the meantime, I can't get our banking account transferred. I can't get title transferred and everything will be a matter of trouble. So she eventually caved and the local doctor caved. He didn't want any uh, smears on his license, but the doctor was certain he didn't have any blood clots before the vaccination. He filled up with blood clots after, immediately after the vaccination. It was the cause of death. So you just wonder how much information is there out there that's being covered up? And uh, and we I know you know, and, and I'm so grateful to you, that you have made this an issue, but let's face it, it's danger. I know you've you've faced down danger before for you personally, but this is really serious stuff and too many people have just decided it's easier to go along instead of getting to the bottom of the dangers of this mRNA vaccine.
0: Much more after a short break. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to support truly independent journalism. Go to Cheryl and click the store tab for a great way to do that. We just designed some thought-provoking beach towels for summer you'll love to show off and make a statement with at the beach or the pool or hang them in your guest bathroom. They feature catchphrases like, I tested positive for critical thinking. And do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Ion Awards for off-narrative accurate reporting. Visit CherylAckison.com and click the store tab. There is a very powerful propaganda effort on behalf of vaccine interests and others to portray any critical look at vaccine safety issues and, quite frankly, medicine safety issues. Um, in this case, it's anti-vaccine, which of course it's not but let's address that because there are people that work very hard to try to controversialize any discussion. Are you anti-vaccine? What is your position on that?
1: No, I've, I've had too many vaccinations myself. And, and I've, you know, I've talked to Robert Kennedy about it. Uh, He's got a great book out Uh, and Robert makes clear that he's not anti-vaccination. You know, it seems, just a general blush uh, brush over it that he, he is anti-vax, but he says, I'm not. But you should have a double-blind study done and you should know the difference between those who get the vaccine and those that don't. Does it actually help more than it hurts? Are the risks greater than the rewards? And it appears the risk-reward analysis for COVID vaccines is, gee, in this new decision, okay, the risks are all for the babies that are five years and under, and the rewards are billions and billions of dollars for pharmaceuticals with no liability. Gee, so then to the FDA, to the pharmaceuticals, The rewards outweigh the risks because they don't have risks. The risk of the people that get the vaccinations, all they get is lots and lots of money and get richer and richer. That's not the way the risk reward analysis should be done. There should be some real risk for the pharmaceuticals. Uh, We have got to get back to that. Uh, I, I think You know, we know that most trial lawyers are Democrats, they need to step up and start investigating has there been fraud in the approval process of getting the COVID-19 vaccines approved.
0: Let me address a political factor here because I've reported stories on with both Democrats and Republicans in Congress acknowledging that as they've tried to hold hearings on issues like this over the years prior to COVID, but other vaccine-related safety issues. And there are many, not to say there shouldn't be vaccines, but of course, like any medicine or potential risk, this should be examined carefully. And when there are conflicts of interest in our federal agencies, those should be examined. But they talked about how every time they try to get a hearing, their party leaders, and not just Democrats, but Republicans too, make sure those hearings don't happen. And this is a big switch since the early 2000s when there was a lot of open interest and oversight in this area and it kind of stopped i would say fairly suddenly um so there's not a lot of hope that this one body congress that could stand to do some serious oversight has enough muscle even though there are individuals within congress that want to do so
1: yeah you're so right and i've seen it my 17 years in congress uh and We will make all kinds of grand claims. If you give us the majority back, we're going to get to the bottom of this, that, or the other, or we're going to repeal Obamacare. We're going to do all of these things, and we vote like crazy to do it uh, in the minority or when we don't have a, a Republican president. And then as soon as we've got the White House and the majority In Congress, oh no, our leadership doesn't want those things coming to the floor for a vote. So you're right, it is a problem on both sides of the aisle. And I think it gets back, uh, as one of our Democrat friends said about another matter inappropriately, it's all about the Benjamins. You know, it's they're looking at money, that's all you can figure. Um, This MRNA, vaccine uh, has dangers. The adverse effects appear to be underplayed and underreported. And just on the anecdotal things we hear, we keep hearing more and more specific cases of improprieties. And you just can't help but wonder, is the impropriety the exception or the rule? Uh, We really need Congress to take further action. And i will come back again, Cheryl, I'm preparing a bill that will expose the pharmaceuticals and people in government to civil and criminal liability. And I know it's not gonna get through because the Democrats are protecting these people now. They, they are using the Orwellian tactic that if you speak up against uh, the vaccination, then you're going against science. No, we're using science. They sound like the people that went after Galileo. So uh, it, it turns out he was right. They were wrong. He knew the science. They didn't. And we're seeing that may well be what's happening here. I'm not a scientist, but I know how to examine evidence. And what just what we've seen indicates there needs to be a lot more study and it's just so amazing that we have never been this cavalier with the entire American public health before. Uh, it's, we're, we're beyond the pandemic. And yes, people are still dying, but it appears that there's more deaths among those who have had the, the booster shots. And so all of this needs to be analyzed before we do any more damage.
0: Well, in its simplest form, I'm, I'm also not a scientist. I have very good sources in the independent scientific community, as well as some government scientists. I, too, can analyze information. In fact, years ago, I broke the story of Viagra being linked to blindness after reviewing the adverse event database on that. I mean, it was very clear just from a step back analysis viewpoint. And ultimately, the government came around to accepting that and warning labels went on that product. But at the time, they were denying it. Yes, you can look through the adverse event database, as I have done and published on, for COVID vaccine and see distinctive patterns before they even acknowledged the blood clot risk and so on. That was there. The signals are pretty obvious to people that have some common sense. And just, I'll give you a moment to make some any closing remarks, but I'll let people know if you go to CherylAckeson.com and look under the health or medical tab, I've compiled Uh, by adverse event, some of the most glaring adverse events that have been associated with COVID-19 vaccines so far with the scientific studies, these aren't sort of hypotheses or people that are saying the sky is falling. These are peer reviewed published studies and findings here in the United States and from other countries. So if you wanna look at what the evidence is, decide for yourself, it's there. I find that many doctors, they don't have the time or maybe the interest to go that far into it. They may not even know. About uh, this adverse event information in that great of a detail. So, um, any closing remarks on this topic? Yes, yes.
1: It, it, you know, I majored in history. I knew I was going to the army after college, uh, and I, I, I love the medical history we have. Uh, a lot of medical historians say it was in the early nineteen hundred, somewhere in there before nineteen twenty, that for the first time in all of history you had a better chance of getting well after seeing a doctor than you did of getting worse. And one of the things that developed in the United States and has spread to some other countries as well, but is the doctrine of informed consent, that there are risks inherent to any procedure uh, or any medicine. And it was one of the greatest developments in all of medicine in conjunction with human freedom, and that is the healthcare provider being required to advise a patient of the risks inherent to the procedure, to the medicine, and provide those to the patient, talk with the patient about his or her specific biological uh, risks, and then let the patient make the decision with once they have all that information. And we have reverted back to the early 1900s when you don't get to know what the risks are. We're gonna keep that out of the public eye. And I don't know if you've seen, but I had a pharmacist give me uh, all of the warning labels that came with one of the vaccinations. And it's about, <laughs> two foot by three foot when you unfolded that little thing and it was blank except for the name on the first little little window and I went where are all the warnings and he said that's just it emergency youth use authorization uh, lets them get away with providing no warnings whatsoever. Cheryl let's get back to giving patients the warning, let them make the decision in consultation with their physicians. We're going the wrong way in medical history. And I want to see us get back on track where freedom and health care work together hand in hand.
0: Lou Gomer, Congressman, thank you so much for your perspective on this.
1: Great being with you, Cheryl. Thank you for your getting all this information out.
0: In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to support truly independent journalism. Go to Cheryl and click the store tab for a great way to do that. We just designed some thought provoking beach towels for summer you'll love to show off and make a statement with at the beach or the pool or hang them in your guest bathroom. They feature catchphrases like I tested positive for critical thinking and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Ion Awards for off-narrative accurate reporting. Visit CherylAckeson.com and click the store tab.